and welcome to this episode of the Two Weird Hungry Girls podcast. I am so excited about this episode, guys. But before we get started, I wanted to introduce you to uh, the recording because I recorded this episode as part of my Pure Food for Thought show. Pure Food for Thought is part of the People Chronicles original series. The People Chronicles is community impact using the art of storytelling. And you can find it at thepeoplechronicles.com. You can find my show and many other shows that are inspiring stories uh, from our community. I usually always record guests who are food-based or food-related guests, and they always share something that the listeners can learn from their story or their journey. But I recently had the opportunity to interview Seth Godin. And if you don't know Seth, I'm excited for you to meet Seth. He is the author of 18 books that have been bestsellers around the world and translated into more than 35 languages. Um, He does a lot of writing and lecturing about marketing and leadership and creating change. And he's been such a huge inspiration for me. So to have the opportunity to sit down with him um, was very impactful for me. And the reason why I wanted to share his interview in my Pure Food for Thought series is because as a woman in business, I'm often asked by other folks, and especially women, I would love to follow my passion. I would love to start a business. I would love to do what you do. Um, When is it my turn? How can I have my voice heard? And um, how do I get the ball rolling? Which is a lot of questions and one I know. But here was an opportunity to sit down with a marketing professional and to pick his brain. So I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I do and that you find inspiration. And as funny as this is, um, it's always, it was always been his blog, um, that has been his inspiration for me. And Seth will tell you how to find his blog, which is actually one of the most popular in the world. He'll give you the instructions on how to find his website at the end of the interview. So please leave me some feedback. Let me know what you think, what you'd like to hear more of. And thanks for tuning in, guys. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Pure Food for Thought. I'm Phoebe. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Seth. Hi. Yes, and this is Seth Godin. We're recording from the sweetest place on earth. You knew that, right? The inimitable Hershey Lodge, where at any given angle of the compass, you can see 17 different typefaces all interacting with each other. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I've never been here before. That's fine. It's cozy. Yeah. It is. Nice people. Most people probably know you, uh, Seth, from your TED Talks, your 18 books that have been published worldwide, and the blog. Probably Twitter, too. You're, you're heavy on No, Twitter. I don't tweet. Never don't tweet. tweet. Nope. No? The, the blog shows up on Twitter every day. Oh, okay. Okay. That's where people can pick up, like, the daily little thoughts. It's the first sentence of the blog on Twitter every morning. But I guess, or I picture your, your focus being on what you would like people to do, which is go, do, and be remarkable. Well, I guess I would say uh, what I'd like people to do is what they'd like to do. Mm-hmm. And what people would like, I think, is to be seen and to be able to make the change they seek to make in the world. Mm -hmm. And to be seen means not to be lonely, not to be ignored, not to be disrespected. 
-hmm. And the best way to be seen is to be a positive contribution to make this change happen. But how do we make the change happen? Do we make it by waiting to be discovered and put in a movie? By waiting to be discovered and given a fancy job? By waiting to have the authority to tell people what to do? Because that's, I mean, speaking of Hershey Lodge, that's what Milton Hershey did for a living. He built a factory and then he hired people and told them what to do. And we don't live in that world anymore. We have a different opportunity now. Right. So when you tell people or when you encourage or inspire people to be heard, a lot of people find their value in being heard. And when they want to find value in being heard, they feel as if they have to speak louder or speak to a bigger audience. Right. right? That's what they think. How do you reel people in from or get people out of their own way? You know, my friend Steve Pressfield wrote a book called The War of Art. It's about the resistance, the voice in the back of our head, the lizard brain, the thing that pushes us to fail, Mm -hmm. the the invention of writer's block. If you say, the only way I can do anything that matters is if a million people hear me, is if I get on Shark Tank, is if I have my own show, you're hiding. You can matter to five people. And if your work is good, they'll tell someone else. And if they tell someone else, then you'll matter to 10 people. 10 people is a lot. If you can change 10 people, they'll tell 100 people. And 100 people is a ton. Most people don't get to change 100 people. So stop worrying about all the zeros. That the opportunity we have is right before us. That if you're a mediocre Twitter user and you have 100 people who tolerate you, then having a million people is still going to be a mediocre Twitter user. Mm-hmm. right? That what matters isn't the scale. It's the impact. Right. And the scale distracts us from that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure years ago you didn't have the scale or the big impact that you do now. What is it, if there was one thing that you could, that you could share with our listeners about your journey, what would it be about your personal journey, especially in building your brand and your business and having your voice heard? Well, if I only had one thing I could share, it's that I had a journey. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with having a journey? Why can't you have a journey too? Right. Right? I didn't, you know, the first year I was a book packager, I got 800 rejection letters in a row. 800 times I went to the mailbox, and 800 times I got a letter back with a stamp that said, we don't like you, we don't trust you, we don't believe in you, we don't want to work with you, go away. Right. At least that's what I thought it said. Mm-hmm. Right? That, you know, I've been blogging longer than almost anyone on the planet. My email blog started in 1988, right, before most people who are listening to this were born. Right. And... It had 10 people, 20 people, 30 people for the longest time. And if you go back to the first typepad post from 11 or 12 or 15 years ago, it's not very good. Well, that one was good, but the second one wasn't very good, and the fifth one wasn't very good, and the 40th one was terrible. Mm -hmm. And one day I did five posts in a row, and two of them were good, but that was too many. And you just, you show up, and you show up. And I didn't say, now it's my turn for you to pay me money, and now I need a sponsor. I just said, here, here here and if you show up and you notice things and you point them out and you light a light and you say if you want to follow me mm-hmm. sooner or later you either discover your work's not very good or that your work is being found mm-hmm. and there are clever tactics and tricks you can use to amplify and accelerate this but if you're not prepared to do that part don't go looking for a shortcut because mm-hmm. it's the long way around do you think a lot of people a lot of people ask um, I want to do what you're doing in in your business. How can I start my own business? How can I do, when is it my turn? Um, Persistence. When did you know this didn't work, it's time for me to try something different? Or when can you 
advise someone to get out of their own way and well, take so that chance? There's 18 questions there, yes, there nestled within one <laughs> each other. Uh, the first thing I'll say is the best time to start was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. The be- second best time to start is today. There's nothing to wait for. That We built this thing not so we could have YouTube videos of cats. Right. We built this thing so here, a microphone, use it. Mm-hmm. You're showing up. No one, as far as I know, gave you a podcasting license. Do you have a license? No. Right? Do I need one? Well, exactly. <laughs> and so this idea of waiting, you're hiding. So let's call it that. I'm hiding. Mm-hmm. If you're sticking with something that's not working and you're sure it's not working, you're hiding. If you're quitting things too early, you're hiding. Mm -hmm. That everything that you do that feels wrong is a form of hiding. Mm -hmm. And so the rationalization that we go through is a way of keeping ourselves um, stuck. Here's my concrete suggestion. Mm -hmm. Find four other people. Meet every single week. And the only purpose of the face-to-face meeting is to make a promise to the group about something you're going to accomplish next week and then keep it. Week after week. If you do that 50 times a year, make 50 promises to four people, you will change. Number two, tactical thing, start a blog. You don't have to tell anyone you did. You don't have to use your real name. Blog every single day. Once a day. Is that to learn consistency? It's to learn how to notice things and to stand behind what you notice. To write something down. I see this. I think this is going to happen. And then you can come back four weeks later and see what you wrote. Mm This practice doesn't require readership. It requires writership. Right. Caring enough to show up. Mm-hmm. So showing up, owning your voice, taking a chance. No, no, no. no I didn't stumble. say that. It's not taking a chance. What you're doing now is taking a chance. What you're doing now when you're up. hiding, when you're hiding, yeah. you're taking a chance. Mm-hmm. Because what That's you're doing true. when you're hiding is you're saying, it'll all work out. Mm-hmm. No, it won't. That's a ridiculous chance. Mm-hmm. But showing up, is the safest thing you can do. Right. It's the least riskiest thing that's available. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, that's what I did. Bingo. That's why we're here. <laughs> um, one last question. Um, and I don't know why I have this book on my counter. I don't know either. Home. Like this, you've it, read this, right? No, but it's Peanut. so sad. Well, we know, but happiness is a sad song and it's a warm blanket. Okay. Right? So um, success, I could ask you what success means to you, but I'm more curious to know what do you think so happiness is to you? Happiness is? Happiness is defined by the person who is happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people who live in uh, Kibera, the largest slum in Kenya. I know people who live in Bareilly, India. If they had your life, they, would, they wouldn't stop giggling, mm-hmm. right? Happiness is in your eyes. Mm-hmm. If you decide tomorrow is going to be a happy day, it will be. Mm-hmm. Happiness is about perception. Mm-hmm. So if you can figure out how to do this work that matters, this con- contribution, and define that as the thing that makes you happy, that act, you'll give yourself a priceless gift. Okay. That's perfect. So show up and do it. And choose to be happy about okay. it. Yeah, I wrote a book about this. It's at yourturn.link. Is it your turn? Okay. What to do when it's your turn. Okay. And we can find you at? Type Seth into Google. Just type Seth into Google? Yes. Okay. We'll find you, I'm sure. Thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure. It was some very useful information, simple tips. And, of course, I think people should listen to the TED Talks. 
You should check out the TED Talks. Feel free. There's a lot like of good stuff voice. online. Yeah. Thank you. So thanks for thanks for joining me. It was a lot of fun. Cheers. Toast, can, toast me. Yes, there you go. <laughs> you guys can find me at PhoebesPureFood.com. Thanks for tuning in, and be sure to subscribe. And you can find me at the Two Weird Hunger Girls podcast as well. Thanks, guys. Thank you.